This is episode 113 with Amber Hawkins. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on Your Impactful Journey. What is ego, really? How is it serving me and how is it hindering me? This is an area of human behavior I've been intrigued about for a long time now and an area I vowed to learn more about this year. So this episode is a chat with my good mate, Amber Hawken, to learn more about the ego from her perspective because I believe she's a bit of a guru in this space. And I must admit, I've gone in a bit blindly, not knowing much about the topic, and I was pleasantly relieved to learn what the ego is and that I've actually known it and coached it well without using the terminology of ego. And I do a wrap-up of this in the outro to give my understanding of it all after we hear from Amber herself. We've had Amber on the podcast before. And she shared a lot of wisdom and parts of her life story. So this one here is just a direct chat all about the topic of ego. So we can all learn about ourselves at a deeper level. Amber and I have become close mates since the first episode. And I've been honored to collaborate with her a few times with events and projects because she brings an unmatched energy and wealth of wisdom every time. And as a reminder, Amber Hawken has a big, bold, and audacious heart and is the creator of Calm Mind Project, an initiative based on building awareness, emotional resilience, and empowerment within individuals through mindfulness and conscious purpose. The program focuses on building a deep sense of self-awareness and flow in their everyday life teaching universal principles, practical cognitive behavior, and emotional repatterning tools, combined with spiritual philosophy through the attendance of retreats, online programs, her best-selling book, The Unfuckwittable Life, and even one-on-one work with Amber herself. A diploma of mindfulness-based cognitive behavioral therapy, a qualified neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, and a deep state repatterning therapist are some of the professional qualifications and tools that Amber brings to her work around emotional, mental, and spiritual self-mastery. Before we hear from Amber, I want to read a quick iTunes review. This one is titled, Fantastic Podcast, So Much Value. I've learned so much from Brett and these podcasts. I've been fortunate enough to also be part of the impact journey. I just feel like anything from this amazing human contains so much value. My own business is heading in a much better direction since listening and learning from Brett and his guests. It is so great to be part of something bigger. As I feel like this is what Brett and his podcast guests 
stand for, which has a roll-on effect for the listeners. Thank you so much. That's from Jen Beveridge from Australia. Thanks, Jen, you legend. And I enjoy working with you. And for everyone listening, Jen is one of those courageous people that takes on board everything that she hears and learns and takes those steps to being that absolute best version of herself. So just a reminder, little iTunes reviews from you guys. It really helps us. Please jump on and give that review and that five-star rating. Okay. Now let's hear from the legend herself, Amber Hawken. So Amber, what is ego? What is an ego? An ego, ego, the ego. Well, there's plenty of spiritual books or books that you could go and read about that. So I'll just give you my interpretation because it really is interpretation. When I explain the ego, it's for the sake of, and the reason I'm going to tell you why is because if we don't talk about why it's important to understand it, then we'll probably take on our conditions around that it's a bad thing that we want to get rid of and it's not. So the ego for me when I teach it, it's it's simply just a concept to give us an idea that there is a differentiation between innately who we are, and we'll get to that, and all of the thoughts and belief systems in our head, they're there from the time we're born. It's just a simple differentiation between there's this sense of me and myself and then there's something else that was there and has always been there before we had this sense of self. That's it. Okay, so the ego is a differentiation of who we truly are and what's going on within us? Well, it's the ego itself, to use it as a concept, is to help differentiate, but the ego is... When I teach it, simply all of our belief systems, thoughts and ideas that are in relationship to whenever we say me and my ideas, me and my thoughts, me and my views of the world and my feelings, it's that sense of I, the me, it's the part of us that will always defend or prove or justify or seeks validation, it's a separateness. So. If you consider when we're very first born, we have no idea who we are. We don't have a name. We don't have a religion. We don't even know what up or down. We don't know. We don't have any words. There's no reference points. There's just absolute being. That's it. We're just we're just here. And when you look and hold a baby, which you will be doing soon, congratulations, you will feel that. And when we're around children, we feel this beingness. So that is different from all of the thoughts. And, and, and if you think about that beingness or sorry, I should say if you feel that beingness because you can't think it, if you feel the beingness and then you consider when was the last time that you had a break between the thoughts in your head that you thought that you were thinking, that you think that you think about the world, that you often believe that are true, especially the fear-based ones, then that's the differentiation. So the ego itself is the concept of who we, this identity. Mm-hmm. It's Ego is a word that encapsulates the concept of our human identity, but it is different than what we truly are underneath that, which is the invisible. It's the unexplainable thing that we're all, we'll reference point to. It's like a compass. People will say, even the most scientific studied research, people will say, you know, I just feel it in my heart or in my gut or it's that something underneath. So we then in society will have judgment of ego and it's more often from my understanding around the negative aspects Mm. because, and especially growing up as a male, it was very 
you know, you were egotistic or not that those words were used, but if there was that outwardness, it Mm. was like ego was frowned upon and Mm. ego to express from an ego. But as I learn a little bit more and go through and understand, and that's why I wanted to unpack it with you, that the ego obviously has serves its purpose and can also act as a almost like a, from what I feel like it can hold us back from moving forward or is it just the outward expression? So I guess my question to you is what is the benefits of the ego before we unpack how it can affect us unhelpful? Yeah, I, I love it. I love that question. Thank you for sharing as well. And just to note what you touched on which is you know people often say um, maybe outward confidence can be perceived as egotistical if we think of that it helps us understand the ego even more clearly here and perhaps that word has just been misused because egotistical is that self-centeredness and remember I said that the ego is this sense of I so it is but often we can mistake people who have a deeper inner confidence and that shows on the outside if we've got our own insecurities going on and we feel like we're not good enough to be able to show ourselves on the outside then that'll often be perceived as someone being really self-centered and it's you know a false thing but really it's just their ego being threatened because they don't feel like they're good enough so that's why egotistical can be thrown around and misunderstood and and it's very conditioned response so the benefits of the ego itself if i you know if we look on a inverted commas spiritual term and there are many different beliefs about this but from what I've seen from working with people it's really hard to ignore the fact that when we arrive and we come in and we have these experiences during childhood and as children in our first 1000 days of life we create this concept of me myself and I and who I am in relation to the world and who everyone else is and we begin to be taught what left and right are what good and bad up and down positive and negative and suddenly this sense of I and this development begins and some of the main things that are wrapped up in this sense of self that control almost all of our unconscious decisions because the unconscious mind runs almost 90 or 95%. Dr. Bruce Lipton talks about this in many of his books and studies. 99% of our actions are wrapped up in asking ourselves, well, what is it to be loved? Am I safe? Am I loved? Who do I need to be enough? Who do I need to be accepted? And these lessons are all learned by action reaction. So we'll say we, you know, when we're younger and we cry, Perhaps we are cuddled and soothed and given food and love and there may or may not be an association created with, ah, when I crack a tantrum or when I cry, I'm given love. So there's this unconscious development to this, you know, behavior and the action that it gets or the reaction that it gets. Now, what's really important to understand here is you can have two people in the exact same situation and their mind may interpret that completely differently and that's what's really important to understand here and in all trauma work or in all personal development work or expansion work or changing belief systems because that's what it really is our perceptions when we're younger around these survival understandings or these survival based concepts of am I safe am I enough am I loved it's our perceptions of oh whether or not we interpreted our environments as safe, whether or not we interpreted that we are enough, whether or not we interpreted that we are, we are loved because our parents or our carers could have done absolutely everything in their power from their perspective to provide us support and safety and love and it's 
all, but it, it doesn't, it actually doesn't matter. We can't control how other people perceive it. And when we're younger, especially when it comes to pain or um, painful experiences on an emotional or physical level, whether it's tiny little ones repetitively or big traumatic ones, you know, physical physical abuse they're not one is no greater than the other because it all has to do with perception so you can grow up in a family where everyone was perfect and you create this relationship with the world of having to always have it together and then that means you're enough and it becomes your destructive behaviors so the positives of the ego come when what we understand is that whenever we're growing out of these behaviors when they get to a painful point when we're older and we grow out of these behaviors and we see that perception is completely different and we grow and evolve well that's the positive we will always grow and evolve out of it and that will make us expand even more beyond who we were in that beingness. It's almost like it, it, it emanates and it grows that beingness that was natural and innate when we were born. And it helps us grow back into and evolve that part of our genuine, authentic self in there. So the benefit of the ego is as you evolve and move through it, you grow on a mental, emotional, physical, spiritual level. So the benefits of the ego is then... Be- understanding so you know a big part of why i've got you on is for me to understand this concept and this terminology because as you say that i'm like okay so i teach around perceptions yes belief systems yeah. and understanding who you need to be so going back to that the really basic concept of we're human beings not human doings what does that mm-hmm. actually mean when we are being who is it that we need to be and what are those traits or mm. which is not to change who you are in every situation it's to know your core values and your belief systems and live in accordance with that knowing who you need to be for different situations mm. so am i i'm not going to say am i correct but am i on the right path <laughs> of a little bit of a better understanding to say that the ego serving us is us more understanding ourselves of of who we need to be and being confident or not even confident but being living more of our genuine authentic selves as opposed to trying to change ourselves for other people and as opposed to listening to that crazy mind that's going to tell us a whole heap of stuff that's going to hold us back that isn't necessarily true yes 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 and i'd love to add to it because i can hear that there's bits there's so much information in what i said and it can be hard to take in and i'd love both you and people listening to have a really big understanding so i'm going to kind of throw this in here because it's it's a bit it might be a bit out there for your listeners but i i know that it's also where we're moving in direction of understanding that we truly are more than our mind. That that same essence that I keep repeating, that underneath, that genuine, that thing that we can't have a label for because once we label it, it's a part of the mind anyway. But let's just say essence. I think that that's a it's a, because it has a kind of a feeling, an essence to it. So that essence that we were born as. From what I've understood and experienced and learn and teach is that our innate purpose is to realize that that's who we are. Our, our, our innate purpose. Our purpose, like our very first priority. It's almost like we're here to just know that is who we are and to return to that space, okay. right? It's like we are, we are that awareness, we're that consciousness, we're that, that's, that's, the, that's the, I don't want to say goal because it's not something that's actually far away because it is right here. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It's a paradox like everything in this world. Then our secondary one, would be to express that 
in the world in some way um, doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a career because think about when we're kids. It's like we don't have a job then. But when we graduate university or high school or we leave school or we get to a point where we feel like, oh, okay, it's time to grow up or get a job or whatever these conditions pop in, we often associate purpose with what we do. And as you said, we're human beings, not humans doings. And then people go, well, what is your purpose in the last probably, I don't know, decade of self-help has gone, find your purpose. And it makes me want to punch myself in the face a, a lot, softly, but simply because the suffering that it creates within ourselves as a society when people are like, I want to find my purpose. I'm like, you're it. You are it. You have, your purpose is to go in and connect to that space. And whatever you express, well, Whatever you do from that space is you expressing your purpose. You may find that a certain career that you step into or you might create will help you expand that natural state. And perhaps you want to call that your job if you want to. So the ego is beneficial in the sense that it's almost like the weights say that our life purpose was to grow muscles and the Ego represents or the weights represent the ego and the growth in muscle represents our external purpose. I think I need to draw a picture there, but I think I got that. So we need the weights to be able to lift, to expand our purpose. We need the ego to be able to to feed the fear and feed the mind or to be that. It's, you know, these concepts. We need these different belief systems to break through so we can break and get stronger as a spiritual being. That's the ultimate purpose of the ego because, you know, if you look at it and you're like, okay, well, ego creates all this suffering and those beliefs aren't really real and all these conditions are bullshit. What's the bloody purpose of it? Like, why don't we just not have it? What's, why, do we, why does it even exist? Well, it exists because that natural state of being, once it gets this sense of identity as a human, to break through that is to strengthen that almost like that essence or expand it, that growth on that spiritual level. So you mentioned there then that, there is the, the some of the negative aspects. So let's sort of dive into that a little bit now too because I think that's what people might hear more often mm. is, well, you know, that's – actually, one thing that I want to dive into around this as well is when I hear now like people talking about it on podcasts and open discussions, mm. and I'm sure that's the kind of discussions you have, but where people will say, well, is that is that just your ego? Mm. Is that your ego? You know, how are you – is that – yeah, is that your ego? What what does if I say that to if I hear that, what does that actually mean? Do you listen to people respond or do you coach people and you say, Well, is that your ego? No, I've never asked someone that yeah. question ever. Because essentially we're human beings, but we're also human doings and and part of being human is having a mind. And and it is. And and anything that we turn away from or try to resist will will control us including our sense of identity that we mistakenly think we are and we kind of it's this giant paradox that kind of loops in and flips you out a little bit so I would never say that to someone because when we're talking and we're using words unless we are at Buddha level or at some kind of enlightenment level where you are totally detached from your sense of identity, of course it's going to be ego. Everything I'm saying to you is also my ego mm. and yours and back and where but it's if you can be more present and speak from your center, it will be less filtered. We can't help but have filters unless we're totally enlightened. And that's when, you know, you play 
in America and, and the United States, in Germany, they're starting to do studies with micro doses of psychedelics and psilocybin and things like this because it helps expand that mind and detach from that sense of self and that's why people experience such bliss and love because you're no longer identified with this sense of I and all of these experiences and and these studies with MDMA and treating trauma, microdosing, all have to do with loosening that, that sense of self. So it's almost impossible to not be speaking and filtering through the ego when you're still a human or you've not taken a microdose of something. <laughs> sure. do, does that make sense? Yeah, and that, that's why I would never challenge that because the ego is a beautiful part of being a human because, yes, it does drive us forward. But if we drive from there, the, thing, the important thing to understand is that if you live your life and you don't practice awareness around it and practice self-connection, you'll be driven by fear because you're always going after something that's going to validate that you are enough. Because remember I said that that's the very, one of the very first questions of this survival mechanism of am I enough? What is it to be loved? How can I get validated? That's why the ego has judgment. That's why the ego will play. It's ultimately healing the victim, the me and the I. Mm. That's why there's, it's judgment, guilt, shame, blame, victim, proving, justification. That's the ego traits. Okay. So when you're in that space, you're really kind of caught up in it you can step back from it and feel your desire to want to prove, feel your desire to want to judge, but perhaps you're not playing that out. And then you are being more true to your essence and living from that space. Okay. So when you are reacting to or living out that judgment and those other key elements there that you spoke about, that's when the ego is in an, serving you in an unhelpful way? Yeah, it's it's really driving. You're super identified with it and you have this need and this desire to prove or the desire to, you know, be right. It's kind of that righteousness takes over you. And because you've even got like a spiritual ego because people identify, oh, I'm a spiritual person. That's an, that's, that's an ego. Mm-hmm. Whenever you have a goal to move towards, that's your ego because you want to move towards something and away from here. The ego works in duality, pleasure, pain, mm-hmm. positive, negative. Whereas if we were all egoless right now or detached from our identity, we'd all just be chilling because we realize there is nothing to fix, nowhere to go, nothing to do, only the requirement to be and enjoy. But are we doing that? No, because our ultimate purpose is to grow and expand and realize ourselves as a soul. So we have an ego to help us do that. What's your advice then to people listening who might feel like that they are on the right path, but they are serving or living from their ego in those ways of around proof, like proof that I am good enough, proof that I can do this because in a sense, doesn't that actually serve you to grow and develop? Mm. But if, yeah, I'll let you finish on that. Yeah, again, it's a paradox. I would, I, the first thing to say is like, firstly, don't worry, don't shame yourself. There's no wrong in that. But ask yourself, is that allowing you to feel deeply fulfilled right now in this moment? Is that attitude or is that belief system? And what does deeply fulfilled mean? How do we know? It's so, and you have to ask yourself that question. Mm. And that's a really important question I always ask to people. I want to be happy. I was like, how would you know? What, what would it, what, what would need to happen for you to know that you're happy and what we often get to the answer to that underneath it is actually content it's like that mm. not con- content isn't the same as it's not the same as oh well this will do it's content it's not as in be right mate yeah it's yeah it's not that it's like <laughs> absolutely everything's perfect 
the end how how it is right now it's deep contentment and and I think that's a word that I like to use that might not resonate with other people but whatever that is to you where you feel like you don't need to change anything you realize that everything is a 10 out of 10 right now and it's not because you have the body or the money or the validation it's because you're so deeply innately connected with that part of yourself that already knows that and so that's that freedom of of you know that connection we always chase freedom outside but it's inside and it and it takes work so people say oh well it's right there in front of you and well what we have to move through is the resistance to being still that the ego doesn't Mm. like the resistance to pause the resistance to relax and surrender because its need is to always go 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 constantly proving never satisfied and that's why that's there and so what advice I would give is as I said firstly don't shame yourself like there's nothing wrong with it but it's it's really Going, okay, so who are you when you believe the thought that right now you're not enough? Who who are you and how do you act and, and how do you feel when you believe that if you didn't do that thing that you're trying to do, that you're not enough? Who are you when you believe that? And I really like feel that like, okay, so how do you show up and what do you do and how do you speak to people? How do you speak to yourself? How do you feel in your body? What ha- what habits play out on a short-term stimulation level or of a, of a sacrificing perhaps peace over that? And then ask yourself, well, who would you be if you didn't have the belief or the idea or you didn't subscribe or make an agreement with yourself that you weren't enough right now? And this is the work, this is called the work, the inquiry work of Byron Katie. And I learned a lot of my, she's incredible. It's like four questions and a turnaround. And I don't know if she ever really ever says the ego. I can't remember that being in there, but in this case, we're using that. And so it's inquiring into the mind about all of the, all of the conditions. I need to do this. This person needs to be that way. I should do this. This should be this. I'm guilty about that. Then this is wrong. This is right. Shoulds and rights and wrongs are the, are the ego at play. Mm because there really is no should or have to or right or wrong, even when it comes to marriage. Like she'll do the work with someone where I remember she did a live thing and this lady said was suffering because her partner, her husband, sorry, was seeing other women. And the intervention was uh, Byron said to her, so you believe, so what's, what's creating suffering for you? Love, she always calls everyone love or darling or sweetheart. And the lady said, well, my husband shouldn't see other women. And she says, is that really true? Like, this is Byron. Is that really true? Lady goes, yes. Byron Katie says, can you absolutely know that that is the truth? Should he 100% not be seeing other women? And and it questions and it goes, well, no, I guess not. And you realize it's conditioning. Like, the ego is like, yes, because this is how it should be. It's like, well, can you absolutely know that? And then you think back and you realize, oh, I guess not. And then she asked, well, who are you? And you realize all these things. And so we can see it really shatters all of those even deep, strong beliefs that we think, oh, no, that that's right. You know, uh, men are this and women are that and, and marriage is this and kids are that and career is this and right is this and wrong is this and love is this and money is this and sex is that. These ones that are so transparent and close to us create the most suffering. Success. And so mm. that inquiry work, which is to inquire into every thought that you have every thought that you have because we automatically believe them and that's when we were talking about before about what what's the you know negative I guess play out of it the irony here is that there is no negative positive but it can impact our lives in a way that takes us away from that essence in a sense when we believe all of the conditions we believe fear 
And the reason that our mind will go to fear is because it's a it's a self, trying to protect itself always, looking out for danger, looking out for where it can be proved I'm not good enough or I'm not loved or I'm not accepted. So it's always searching for it. And so we want to defend that and move away from that, you know, discomfort because the ego hates discomfort. What's the most, talking about beliefs and perception and everything, what's the most common limiting beliefs that you come across with people that you work with or are exposed to that's pretty general that everyone probably experiences often that's not allowing us to to understand our, our true being and to be more intact with our essence i'm not enough right now exactly the way i am with everything that i have done and everything that has happened or come to pass and will come to pass i'm not enough 100 percent. it's that it's the it comes back to everything it's that if we all and and some people might listen. Actually, I know my partner will go. That's not what I'm afraid of. I'm like, really. But if you dig d- deep down into it, men don't generally relate to the words enoughness because generally, and I'm definitely generalizing here because it's just how things are in our world today with the way that we've all been conditioned. Males tend to pull back from the emotional language, right? So they'll go, I need. I'm not doing enough. Or I'm, you know, I'm not successful enough. But it re- what it really comes back to, okay, so what does it mean if you don't get this job done or if you don't make this money or if you don't get the girl or whatever it is. And so, and you look at the meaning behind it when you search and deep down it's like, oh, okay, yeah, it means that I am a failure or I am wrong or I am not good enough. And we'll get back down. And whenever you look at the meaning behind what it is that you feel you're not doing enough of or aren't enough of, it's that not, it's that, lack of innate worthiness, unconditional, deep love for oneself. If we all had that, we could all just go home. I can speak from experience and it's happened recently, Mm. like even this week, where I'll have – because as a coach, I'm always around people. I'm always helping people Mm. be that little bit better version of themselves, whether it's in a one-hour physical session or the online stuff or whatever it is. And I love being around people and just being – and you know, that's part of who I am, what I love – part of my essence I guess and then there's days that I want mm. where I'm not doing that because I to serve myself and to be with myself and to re-energize all my internal drivers but on those days and just this week I found myself feeling like I'm not enough mm. like I'm not around people and then I think wow I haven't done anything today I haven't given back to people I haven't even you know done anything online and and it's just I let myself get caught up in it until I stop and just think about those thoughts yeah. and just really sit on it. And then, and Marie's on the other side of the world at the moment of this recording and I'll send her voice messages after I've gone through all the process and realise, and it's laughing, I'm like, babe, yeah. can you believe it? Like, I just realised for the last three hours, all that's been going around in my head is I'm not enough, I'm not enough, I'm not doing enough. Uh, and I was just, I started to feel really low in energy and just feel like shit. Mm. And then you realise, hang on, that's just because I'm letting my mind create those stories which is creating this emotional shift yeah as soon as i can do that and i just reframe and realize and do my breath work and go back into that space and realize of course i'm enough yeah regardless of whether i'm giving or not of course i'm enough yeah but i just let my mind take me into that space it's it i love that you have that and as i'm saying that what i hear in the back of my head is that i know that there are people that even when you say that they'll say well that's okay for you they don't even know what the feeling feels like of that 
absolute acceptance. Mm. And so some people don't have a reference point for it. They don't have a compass for it. Does that make sense? And so if you're listening and you're thinking, that's just not me and that's bullshit, I really hear you. I understand you. I know that you probably don't have a reference point for it and that your mind is so busy that you don't even know, like, what's the difference between that thought and this thought and this? And, And Robbo, what you said, you said, I'm letting my mind do this. And if we shift for a second to where my solution is I kind of want to give those people something. Maybe we can add it to the end or I can put it on the bottom of the podcast like a meditation or something. That that the mind, you're not letting your mind do something. You're just paying attention to the thoughts. You're giving too much attention and it's unconscious attention. Mm. The mind will just think. It's its we'll nature. Its anyway. So if you you know do something like meditation or you try to sit still, it's not that we don't like sitting with ourselves. It's just like, it's that we're not used to sitting back and going, oh, I don't have to believe these thoughts. Oh, I don't have to feed them attention. Let me not give them no energy at all. It's And it's almost like this. Mm. we've had have this negative enmeshment relationship with our mind that it feels hard to break away from. Enmeshment, an example in family, is when the parent relies on the child and the child can't pull away. It's that really unhealthy relationship. So we have this unhealthy relationship that's toxic with our own mind. And so the mind is always going to be thinking if we can just know that in itself we're not the mind. And Eckhart Tolle says this in an interview, I think with Oprah once. Years like it's probably 15 years old. I remember hearing it. And she, I think she asked him what the mind is or how are you not it? I don't know. He gives an example and he says, have you ever laid in bed at night and thought to yourself, oh, God, my mind won't stop? And everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's me. And he's genius because he says – you realize what you said was my mind won't stop. It's your mind that's, it's not you, it's your mind's not stopping. It's just we haven't been taught that there's a difference between our mind and who we are. Mm. And so we're so used to just being in this enmesh relationship with it and all of its fearful thoughts and all of the negative thoughts that we give attention to. And once we give attention to it, it's like we've made an agreement that they're true. And once we believe it, we will feel it as an experience. And then we see it through the world. It changes our filter and we can't get out of it. Mm. So we have to, first step is knowing, shit, I'm not my mind. That's the first step. And fuck, I don't have to believe these thoughts. Holy shit. And then from there, it may be a moment of, and then you might get back in. So, And this is the thing. It's a cycle of going in and out and in and out. And you're aware and then you're caught back in. Like you. You're aware and then you're back in. Mm. Then you're aware and you just get... That's why practices that you do and teach are so important, Robbo. And that's why I'm so grateful to have those experiences because grateful to remember what it feels like to not be you know so optimistic yeah. and so in tune and things like that all the time but then grateful to have the tools and know how to to go back to mm. that and now you made me realize well i'm so grateful that i have that reference point yeah <laughs> yeah you know to to be able to to steer back to that yeah question then we could talk about ego all the time I know, and i yeah. wanted it to be just a, a bit of a kind of an initiation but if i was to say to you then all right for for everyone listening now we've sort of gone down a rabbit hole and looped around yeah. and which is cool because that goes to show how how the ego probably works in itself like you said there's a lot of you know there's not positive and negatives there's a lot of polarities and, and that's Sneaky. the way it is but if i said to you so if someone said to you all right give it to me like just sum up really quickly like what is the ego and why do we want it what do you mean? Why? Do, oh, why do we want it? As yeah. in, why would we not want to get rid of it? Yeah, exactly. Because, like I said, in society, people think ego has probably got a negative connotation. So, mm-hmm. what what is the ego, and why do we want it? The ego is our sense of who we think we are, all of the beliefs and thoughts going on in between our ears, and the feelings and emotions associated with it. 
Why do we want it? Because ultimately our purpose is to grow and expand as a being and without the ego, we can't do that. Brilliant. I'm glad I didn't just ask you that at the start and we could have just wrapped it on that. Sorry. (laughs) I'm glad because you make it seem like, okay, that's kind of simple, but it's not. Yeah. All right. So we've had you on the podcast before and had people, I still have people raving about that episode. There's a lot of value. So for everyone that hasn't heard it, go back to episode number 69. 69. (laughs) (laughs) Go back and have a listen to Amber. But you're also now going to have another so we talked about Calm Mind Project a lot in that yeah. podcast and you're doing a relaunch of your podcast so mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about what's going on in that space yep so I have the two podcasts the Calm Mind Project one itself which will be you can find on the calmindproject.com website or on iTunes I'm not sure when this is released but it'll be within the next couple of weeks and then Amber Hawken and it's just been an evolution of my work forever and because you can see the ex- the ex- Extensiveness of everything I teach and work with, instead of just choosing another name, it's just going to be the Amber Hawken podcast. But it's already on iTunes. If you look for Amber Hawken on it, it'll be there. So it's interviews, and I'm going to be doing um, interviews where I, I'm going to ask obviously the person being interviewed if if they're volunteering for that, but to do little breakthroughs on there so people listening can do it within like themselves. Coaching sessions, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, some interventions. Obviously volunteered because otherwise they'll shut down, but. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to that that shift. And so that's where the rebrand is coming from because the podcasts, for me, they're such a deep, beautiful way to connect with, with people. And I thought, how can I contribute even more? How can I really serve with what I do in, in content-wise? That's something that I love to do and I find it just so fluid and easy. And so I'm going to turn my podcast into that every now and again too. What about the Carmine Project? What's What angle is that going on mostly? The, because the Carmine Project one's really, well, ironically speaking about the ego, Carmine Project helps us become detached from the ego. That's the whole point of why we teach it in school so we can have less suffering. That's the whole point of it. But I love people to understand that there's not one way to detach from it, right? There's not one way to get awareness. And we teach about breath. We teach about thought awareness. And we teach about how trauma is created when we're little so I'm bringing on different experts yourself included talking about how breath creates connection and it creates hyper performance in the brain and the mind and our emotions and it's really for anyone who's an everyday kind of person who feels that spirituality and that kind of self-help is a little bit I don't really get it but I really would like to have more fulfillment and you know more calm mind that's the audience that I want to help because I really don't believe that it should be that complex. We don't have to use fancy words and I just want it to be, let's just have a calm mind so that we can be more deeply connected and spread that connection. That's what it's going to be about. Brilliant. Looking forward to it being released. And I'll link up in the show notes too where everyone can find that. When I had you on the podcast last time, there was a couple of questions that I wasn't asking at that time. So I want to know a a simple sort of one. What's your personal self-care look like? It's it's going to be sound boring, but exercise <laughs> I, I'm with you there. it's not it's, it's it's really not negotiable it's never to lose weight it's never it's I just know that I am a more connected person to myself when I've moved my body because it helps move your energy move your emotions calms your mind down and I'll either do strength training or CrossFit kind of training active here in Burley or I'll go to yoga or I'll practice at home or I'll just go for I'm always moving my body 
So self-care is movement, Mm -hmm. always meditation, even if I do not want to. And there's a million different ways to do it, but I'll do TM, like transcendental meditation, or I'll just focus on my breath for 15 minutes, listening to some beautiful music, eating well. I know this all sounds, but it's my self-care is like, I eat well, I move my body, I look after my mind. I very much listen to my body. And through that, I rarely eat anything processed or refined, but- it just makes me feel like shit when I do. So nothing processed, nothing refined. I steer away from meats because they just don't feel like them. It's it's not a, it's a it's a personal choice. And you come from a cattle farming area. I do. I know. When I was yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so yep. Um, also connecting with really good humans. You know, all my self care is it to to that. I know, and I know this. I've had this feedback. My clients themselves, they're like, your self care is my effort. Mm. You know, and and I say to them, well, sometimes I don't want to get up and train. Mm. (laughs) And sometimes my self-care is to rest, sometimes. But what I know because of experience of doing it and then not doing it is that if I don't do these things, then I'm not truly in my peak potential. So I'm not really caring for myself, am I? You're very in tune with your body. Well, you're a very intuitive person, so I'm not surprised. Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) One other question, what's... What's one thing or what's something that you wish people would ask you more often? How I can help them? Hmm. Yeah, I just thought I don't – about. I thought about myself, well, and I got a weird like, "Mm, not that. And then I thought I guess maybe what if we all just said, how could I help you today? Does that sound way too wanky? Hang on. Would I say to you, how can I help you or would I say to you, how can you help me? Yeah. How could you help me? Okay. I'd be like, well, it's a good question. And maybe it would be like, do you need a hug? What do you need right now? What's going on? You know? Mm. There you go. Everyone listening, if you bump into Amber, just come <laughs> out and say, how can you help me? <laughs> doesn't mean doesn't mean I will. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's a question that we could ask. That would be nice to ask people. Brilliant. Now, this won't be the last time I have you on the podcast, but I'm so grateful that you were able to share your time and value around ego. Is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Thank you. And that anyone listening, anything that... Brett does is brilliant. I've met many a mind and he is one of the most aligned beings ever. So whenever he's doing anything, you should get right on it. And no, he didn't pay me for that. (laughs) You're a genuine, authentic human soul, Amber. And thank you for welcoming me into your new home once again. Thanks for helping us move in. (laughs) (laughs) Payback. There you go, legends. I hope that helps you create a little bit more clarity around ego for yourselves. It certainly did for me. I always felt like ego was an area that I didn't know much about with human behavior. But Amber helped me clarify that it's all about knowing your true core self. It is your true core self and knowing who you need to be, which is what you hear me talk about a lot on this podcast and what that actually means and how to live your true existence. All of which I teach and preach just without the language of ego. Yes, I understand it goes much deeper, but I'm now that little bit more confident in the direction of understanding of the ego. And I look forward to unpacking it more personally as I learn, grow and develop. Thanks again for tuning in. And as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.